sauces and it is in government conspiracies. But I've seen none of the above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles. Lose my little mind. Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to X Files Talk X Files, the only podcast that thinks chicken meat tastes like people. <laughs> I'm, at- <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host David Howard and joining me tonight from xfilesnews.com I have Roy Olson and Jessa Schlitt. Nice to meet you both. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Okay, so on today's episode we are going to talk uh, the last several episodes of season two apart from the finale. We're going to do Colony Through Our Town. And let's get started off uh, straight away with um, Colony and Endgame, a two-parter which really shifted um, the mythology story of the show. Up until this point, it's just been a lot of government conspiracies, occasional UFO sightings. Sure, we had Scully's abduction, but now suddenly the past is becoming the present. Mulder's sister, Samantha, who was abducted when he was a child, is returned, and it's all just going down. So it just sounds like a normal yeah. Thursday, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was like the beginning of, well, obviously Frank Spotnitz, who is one of our favorite writers. For sure. Um, and the whole, like, Frank Spotnitz, Chris Carter mythology, like, that's, like, they did so much together, and this was, like, a big start of that. And this, and Endgame was Frank's first episode, and it's an amazing episode. Um, and the whole, like, the whole like way they took the mythology is just in my opinion like I love the two-parter um I think it like really like helped kick it off because like certainly you had like Skelly's abduction which was really the beginning of like the real hardcore X-Files mythology but um they just kind of like take it to like a new level and there's like submarines and helicopters and boats and like Fox must have been just really worried about the budget (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think with the you know the Scully's abduction, it was by necessity, and it made them more involved on a personal level with yeah. the um, conspiracy and the aliens and everything that was going on there. But this is this two part, I think, is the first time where there is a real coherent story that it it seemed like they were coming to the table with this this grand idea of where they wanted to take things. You know, yeah. in the past, it was just. You know, this is UFO or alien abduction law. Let's touch on this and let's build a story around it. You know, the Scully abduction was an extension of that, but this I think is really where they've like, okay, we have this backstory for Mulder, and we have these ideas now of you know where we see the show going five mm-hmm. years down the road, and you can really see all the thought that's gone into this and yeah and i don't think it's a small coincidence that you know david akovny is credited with coming up you know with chris carter's story story for colony Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah certainly like you know you bring samantha in just to like toy with poor fox Mulder. um and the alien bounty hunter i think makes his first appearance um and he's just he freaks He's me out. Awesome. I'd be like frightened of him <laughs> in person. Like I'd be really frightened. He he's just such a great character, and he like says almost nothing. Like the entire series, he's just has very few lines, but he's just like dominates a scene when he's in it. 
Um, and the whole, like, you know, shape-shifting thing he does was just creepy. And then you get the introduction of the green alien blood. And you really, like, some of this stuff, like, really follows through into later seasons. And there's a lot of, like, really good connections that all start, like, here. Um, well, I mean, you see some of that earlier. But, you know, it really kind of cements it. Yeah, and we were talking um, back when we... Uh when um, Tiffany and I were discussing about the Erlenmeyer flask, that's the first bit where you have, the first episode where you have the green blood. And this yeah. episode, it's all about Scully's shoes. They get, you know, eaten through she the blood. two pairs of shoes. They're so cute. And there is no mention of that in the Erlenmeyer flask. So this is where, you know, you have the green blood is here, but now we know exactly what it does. Yeah. Right. Ruined shoes. I hope she billed the FBI for that because it's just not cool. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Mulder got run over by a car. Was, they did. They a did a lot. Excuse. Yeah, they did like a <laughs> lot of like big stuff in these episodes. Like, um, there's like footage of a helicopter coming down. There's obviously the whole like submarine set um, on the ice that they had to build. I mean, they put like a really like large amount of production value into this and yeah it's always yeah it definitely paid off and it helped them really like you know a lot of the sets of mythology episodes are you know like colony and and endgame where like it's the same type of oh like there's trains and Mulder's gonna jump onto the train and let's throw in an explosion too and (laughs) there's just lots of great stuff in them and we have a nice little glimpse into X's personal life in the two-parter as well that he likes to go to the opera or doesn't like to go to the opera, but he goes it's anyway. <laughs> yeah, at the Kennedy Center. Um, I have never been to an opera, so I have no opinion. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I went to one in a video game. Does that count? It does count. Oh, well, then I have one. Anyway, um, no, can I just say in this episode, it was getting so, like, I was feeling so bad for them. The amount of times they would leave, like, play phone tag. Like, he would call and then yeah. leave a message, and then she would call. And then, I'm sorry, that hotel person, oh, she he really got everything. Who would forget the name Fox Mulder? It's not like John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, he reminds me of the pool attendant in I Want to Believe. A little bit. Like, he's, like, kind of similar. He's like, who is this message for? <laughs> he, like, breaks the pencil, and yeah, it's like, <laughs> what is my name? If they could just like text each other, it would be like fine. <laughs> Maybe get some like Facebook Messenger action up in there. It'd be it would be totally okay. But not back in the nineties. Yeah, there's definitely some selective cell phone usage going on in in this two part. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I really enjoy Skelly's little jogging outfit. When she, it is the most nineties thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The fanny pack makes it. My favorite part of that whole sequence is the way that she just casually cuts in front of everyone else who's already waiting the for the bus. <laughs> yeah, no, she really does. She does she's it. so short, she just kind of, like, no one notices. <laughs> Overall, you know, that two-parter just really brings in the sort of backstory of Mulder. And I don't think, we don't really get any hints at this point that uh, that his father had anything to do with anything in the past at this point i think that's coming up very very soon but uh it's very nice to see the Mulder family there and even with the fake reunion 
with Samantha. You get to meet both of his parents for the first time. You get to see a little bit of where he comes from and, you know, just the relationship with him and his yeah. dad. You kind of get an idea of, okay, why he maybe is a little bit dysfunctional yeah. <laughs> socially. But it's just a great introduction to his family and really build something that you can see they have an idea of where they want to go from there. Yeah. So good job, team. Good absolutely, job. absolutely, and welcome to the team, Frank Spartanitz. You know, yes. Very good. Of many, many amazing Frank Spartanitz episodes. Yes. And then we follow that up with another alien abduction uh, episode, Fearful Symmetry. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like a random episode. Um, they, like they just did like there's like helicopters and boats and like submarines and they're like next episode Chris Kyder goes to Fox he's like guys I'm gonna need an elephant in Vancouver an invisible elephant no no <laughs> less it's kind of like you know a one off they don't do a whole lot of like you know they talk about like cows and you know aliens coming to pro but they never like did quite the same thing that was like happening in Fearful Symmetry it was just kind of well they were like benevolent aliens kind of yeah, I mean, they were trying to help the gorilla have yeah. a baby, so I guess that was sweet. <laughs> they just didn't do a very good job of it. Well, their plan was to come and take the baby from her later on, so well, <laughs> it wasn't completely benevolent. <laughs> well, I get it more like they were doing it like a Noah's Ark kind of thing. Like, get the genetics, save the species. Like in E.T. I mean, for the aliens, that's pretty good, probably. Mm-hmm. No, the thing that really makes this episode for me, though, is the fact that Dana Scully climbs into an elephant's abdominal cavity, and she necropsies, like, the hell out of it. <laughs> um, it just shows that, like, I mean, she never thought she would be doing this stuff when she was in medical school, and she, like, joins the FBI, she's like, yeah, it's gonna be great, Dad, don't worry about it. And then here she is, in, like, the middle of nowhere, in an elephant. <laughs> um, <laughs> She just wanted to take a nap, Roy. I mean, <laughs> it's just um, you know when when they first like met in the pilot, like neither of them had any clue where it was going, and none of them thought that they would end up inside an elephant's abdominal cavity. So I just find that amusing. But um, I would I would do an elephant necropsy. So she kind of pulled it off really really well. I'm impressed with her. Except for the part about the <laughs> science behind it. <laughs> Jess and I discussed it. She talks about a few things about why the elephant, to show that the elephant was pregnant. And we're not positive that the things she talked about are an actual indication of pregnancy in an elephant. But we'll just go with it. No one needs to know that. Okay, if you want to know more about (laughs) the science behind that. Absolutely. (laughs) Don't ask me because I don't have a clue. So let's go on to something else that probably is going to deal with some scientific inaccuracies, but I have a feeling that's not the reason you want to talk about this episode. Dodcom, which is the precursor to the, in my opinion, superior triangle. But this is Mulder and Scully on a boat in the middle of nowhere, and they're going to get old together, which is kind of sweet. It, you know what? It is actually an incredibly sweet episode because I rewatched it because I was trying to figure out like what would enthrall an eight-year-old to be like this. I want to watch this series because <laughs> it was my um, it was my first episode, like ninety-nine point nine nine percent sure. Um, but anyway, um, 
it was sweet because you got the scene where you know Scully scrambles for all the safe water, and she tries to give it to Mulder, and then Mulder is like, "No, no, no you keep it." And it was just so sweet, and Scully just stands her ground. And she's like, "No, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to watch you die." And it was just like, "Yeah, girl." Yeah, and throughout all of it, she keeps that journal, which ultimately saves their lives. But um, she's always, always dedicated to the science, and it comes through really well for her here. And she's so dedicated, she carries a urinalysis kit on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, like, a several different blood, you know, chemistry machines. But yeah, I'm sorry, when she was like, I, I need your blood, I was like, what for, <laughs> Scully? I'm Come not on. sure what she could run on that boat that would be diagnostically relevant. Yeah, I'm not sure she could gram stain on in the med bay. She could run a differential, maybe. maybe. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. I don't know what she was doing. But anyway, um, I'm guessing she was testing the pH because she put one solution into another and it changed to color, which would probably yield a pH, which would yield the salinity. Maybe? I don't know. But still, they had to travel <laughs> to Norway with this kit and she's like I'm dumb she's like in her apartment she's gonna like I need some socks and I need this blouse and my urinalysis kit that's great right and she just but anyway the episode was just kind of touching as for their partnership it was it was just kind of sweet and then like you got Rob Bowman directing it which of course he's amazing and you got that uh, shot where when they come and find them both kind of passed out on the chair and it's just sweet because they like passed out together so, um, I thought, I just, I just, as I rewatched it, I thought it was sweet, so, anyway. Anyway, I think they're aging better than they did in Dodcom, so I think we're all grateful for that. <laughs> 20 years later. Does Gillian Anderson even age, though? I mean, really? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I do have one more gripe, I'm sorry. <laughs> go for it, go for it. Their hair didn't turn gray or fall out, but their fingernails kept growing. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Well, you, you were the scientists. I mean, they didn't technically age. They just oxidized. Right. Or something. So, I don't know. It all worked out. I mean, it was fine. Go Scully. I, I, I mean, I'm more curious about how did they reverse that afterwards? Did they just hydrate and they were good? Well, they did a dialysis which filters their blood to because the kidney in your body filters bad things. It's the purpose of the kidney, and so dialysis is kind of doing it for you. And then probably, since they, she said synthetic hormone, they would have used like um, EPO, which stands for like erythropoietin, something like that. But you put that in, I mean, it helps bone marrow make red blood cells, and so that would have happened because they, they do that in. Um, renal kidney failure whatever so that's all thing I i'm kind of curious about is like how especially in the earlier seasons like Mulder and skelly get like quarantined and they end up like horribly ill and they're i wonder how much time collectively like the x-files has caused them to like spend in hospitals and i think we should calculate it at some point because i think it's immense i'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's done something like that somewhere on the <laughs> internet there is like a calendar because you know you have the slug lines at the bottom of every scene as to the date mm. and the time that different things take place well, there's an X-Files timeline, a really comprehensive one, actually. Yeah, and, um, and maybe that's what I'm referring to, but there's you know some sort of contradictions as to, like, after they've been in quarantine for three months or something, and they've done two cases within that time yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. 
Well, the whole season one spans two plus years, and it's kind of never <laughs> talked about um, at all. <laughs> Scully's pregnancy. Yeah. It's, it is strange. But it works out if you read enough fanfic about it. Luna Triangle. Uh, swamp gas. I don't know. We'll explain it away. It's always swamp gas. <laughs> Alright, let's go on to uh, Humbug, which is a notable episode for a couple of reasons. The first episode written by Darren Morgan, and the first properly comedic episode of The X-Files, I think it's fair yeah. to say. Yeah I, would, yeah, I would go with that. What do you think about Humbug? Where does it rank in terms of overall episodes versus... Um, comedic, other comedic episodes versus other Darren Morgan episodes. I mean, I really, really like Clyde Bruckman a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like a really solid, enjoyable episode. It's yes. really well written. But if I were going to sit down and be like, oh, I want to watch a funny X-Files episode, it probably st- wouldn't be my go-to. I think there's... I think it's not the same type of funny that like bad blood is. Um, no, I think I think the later comedic episodes really play on the characters because we yeah. know them so well by that point. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, bad blood is obviously a great example of that. But also even X Cops, where Scully's just trying to avoid <laughs> that being is on the camera. Main episode for that. Yes. Hunter uh, virus. Mulder, these cameras are recording everything you say. <laughs> so. Maybe. We should be on for that when they, you do that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Just <laughs> also, dibs on Bad Blood. Anyway, but to... to yeah, uh, oh, man. Um, to, um, to build on that, um, I thought it was um, interesting to show kind of, as Scully called it, like a racial profiling of a sort, like when they were suspecting, like, the, quote, freaks of them. And I thought that was interesting that um, they went there, I guess I would say, and brought that up because that's what it's I kind super of... relevant. Shocker, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I thought I, I just that stuck with me for some reason after watching the episode. It's kind of interesting because it, it it really does play it both ways because you know Mulder and Scully go in there and they're obviously our heroes. They're the ones that we want to watch and. To be fair, they go in and they don't really, uh, they're not really that prejudiced going in. Scully's more interested in, you know, how could somebody live with a condition like that? And, uh, you know, Mulder is maybe a little bit less concerned about what people think when he, uh, interrogates, he asks, asks the, like, the guy at the hotel if he, how long he's worked in the circus. And you have that whole scene going on. But for the most part, it's the, it's the, um, the, the freaks within the town sort of look at Mulder and Scully as these outsiders and they just assume that they are being judged by them and it's not necessarily the case throughout so you kind of play both sides of that oh yeah definitely um, it was an interesting dynamic between the two groups <laughs> yeah it's just it's got so much like great craziness in it to like really balance out like the like more serious aspects of it it like balances really well it's yeah it's a very interesting uh, mix of stuff in that episode because you have the very sort of visual jokes like when scully wakes up and you see the guy falling from the sky and then you realize he's on a trampoline but mm-hmm. then you also have the very grotesque horror with the siamese twin crawling through the funhouse with the mirrors and everything and oh, it's yeah. <laughs> very heightened in terms of the visual humor and also the 
the horror aspects of it as well. It certainly has like the creepiness factor. It's just like an overall like really solid episode. It's like a really good um, introduction for um, comedy in the X Files. I think so. I think it's really like solid. But it's interesting that you know Humbug was um, you know people were a bit concerned about it. The X Files is going down the the humorous kind of route, and then you know and, and seeing how much horror and stuff is still in the episode, and yet season three Darren Morgan comes in and all three of his episodes are very much more comedic leaning without the horrific kind of elements to it mm-hmm. so sticking with the horror uh, let's go on to uh, the Kalushari this is an episode which uh, like Shadows in season one put an X-Files and uh, ethnic sort of spin on the werewolf mythos this puts a spin on the exorcist it's also really just kind of generally creepy. <laughs> um, it's not a theme of the X-Files, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, I'm honestly, I'm not, like, creeped out by a lot of the X-Files. Like, I don't find most of it that scary. But, you know, possessed evil children <laughs> really do it for me. Yeah. Uh, which is probably why I haven't watched this episode a lot. <laughs> And the inspiration, of course, for this episode was Chris Carter wanted to do something with a guy being killed by his garage door opener, so... (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Funny how that works out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, something that, like, uh, something I pulled from this episode that I use, like, I swear every six months of my life, is the fact that they have the swastika and that it's used for protection and kind of good luck. And I had pulled that fun fact on so many people... Yes. And it's like, thank you, X Files. I mean, like, thank you. So there's also, I think I it's in season that. seven. There's an episode where the pentagram is said it's used for protection as well, or maybe it's yeah. maybe it's the uh, plastic surgery one in season four. I forget. Yeah. Venarium. Yes. Yes. That might have probably that might have been it. No, I learned a lot from X Files. I should have just not gone to school and watched X Files. Clearly, I think that would have been enough. <laughs> there really is like a lot of like great stuff that you can like pick up like serious stuff and then I remember when I took like the SATs I remember there were like I think it was like it was one of the Deceive and Bagel Obfuscate it was probably like Obfuscate it was like yes. on my SATs I was like see I watched it for a reason um, oh my gosh but like no there's so much like even like good science stuff that like I remember sitting through like classes and be like I learned about this in the expos well you know like I remember I had an English class and we were talking about root like Latin and Greek root words and the root word was song you know Mm S-A-N-G-R and he's like we need he's like what are words that have this root word and people are like sanguine you know and I yelled exsanguinate how do you know the definition of that? And I was like, well, he's like, do you know what that means? I'm like, to be completely drained of blood. Yeah. It's just like, where did you learn that? And I'm like, nowhere. <laughs> but like, I just remember busting out in like 10th grade and like just freaking my teacher out. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, X Files. Oh my God. <laughs> I really did like strive. I mean, there's obviously inaccuracies and everything, but like, they really did like strive for. Um, to make like the show as intelligent as they could like you know it was written and worked on by like a bunch of very very smart people who have way more talent than I ever will but they really like they it was like a goal of theirs and like it it comes through from everything to like the fact that we learned all these weird vocab words that we shouldn't have known at the time it's to, 
<laughs> yeah, to the, an alternate method through which finds great progeny. Um, yeah. <laughs> to like the important like topics that they covered that were like really relevant even today. Like so much of the stuff that they're discussing is still really important, whether it be like climate uh, issues or war or some of like the really dark conspiracy things going on with like government. Um, there's obviously still like a lot of mistrust going around these days. So no. <laughs> they really did like they worked hard at it and a lot of shows these days like some really good ones do but there's also just not as much of it i don't know as there used to be because it's not the x-files but it's come back so it's fine. It, it, fine. it definitely seems like the you know cultural climate has come back to how it was when the x-files was at its prime mm-hmm. you know, right it, it's I agree. you know they should bring the show back you know yeah, that would probably be a great business decision. Even if they it only did be. it for like six episodes, right? Yeah, they could like in January, February. Maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. it'd be a late Christmas present for people. I think it would really do well, you know. And I see. We should pitch that. Absolutely. We're gonna make we'll so be, much money off this. It'll be our coin it our idea. <laughs> no, it's not JK. It's not our idea. I'm clarifying that. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting what they do in the new episodes because there's so much that they could talk about science yeah. and um, uh, conspiracy and government-wise. Yeah, especially with like you know Edward Snowden and the NSA, and they could. I mean, there's like endless material for Chris Carter these days. Well, then you got like bio warfare and you know like all that stuff can go into and stuff. Yeah, zombies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, I think after the last episode of Zombies, maybe they should just leave that there. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that Millennium? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, for Millennium, it didn't get like the ending it deserved, like the show. And I was gonna say the ending of that episode. The ending <laughs> of the episode is perfection, but like the show really didn't get. You know, and it was like it was much darker and a lot more kind of like niche. You know, there's still like yeah. a fan base out there, but it doesn't. You know, the Xiles like took the world by storm, and that just did not happen for the Little Millennium. F- the thing with Millennium is each season is just so tonally different. Yeah. You know, season one is its own thing, season two is its own thing, and then season three is just kind of like the the orphan child that wants to be like season <laughs> two, but it's. It's a good show. I love Millennium, but yeah, it, it's not a cohesive thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Plus, you know, the X-Files has Mulder and Scully, which really just, like, make the whole thing, like, worth, like, worth it. Like, they were searching for the truth and, like, exposing darkness. And, you know, it was just, like, the themes you could, like, really get large swaths of, like, people behind. And, um... You know, Frank Black was, like, hunting down some, like, crazy stuff, but, you know, it didn't have the same kind of, like, pull to it that, like, Mulder and Skelly did, so. Which is weird, because all these procedural shows ever since have done so, so well. Yeah. And I think Millennium, the themes, you know, and the characters there were just a, maybe too more, too subtle for the masses. I think it might be. I think it would be nice to see it, like, you know, hit Netflix and, like, you know, find a nice little place, um among the internet these days but um i'm not sure if it'll end up on netflix or what but i know and and frank black has got probably the easiest cosplay ever just get one of those jackets from the charity (laughs) store and 
you said. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, let's cover the next two episodes together. Um, F.A. Masculata and Softlight, both standalone episodes, but have a tinge of the conspiracy mythos to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, F.A. Masculata, we have the Cigarette Smoking Man popping up, and Softlight, we have X playing quite a major role in the latter half yeah. of the episode. Um, both decent episodes, neither one particularly memorable or a favorite of mine um how do you two rate these episodes what are your thoughts well i think obviously soft light is more memorable for me because um vince gilligan like started there and then he became like such an integral part of the show um so i think that's like you know a good place um that's like how i think of soft light it was like oh vince gilligan you know starting the show but um jessa and i were talking about some of the science behind f masculata so she was yeah she had some good stuff to say about i actually that. um whenever like i get on netflix with the intention of watching x files and then like every file i then think well which one and then you're <laughs> like i don't know which one to watch um i will like in my 20 plus years of being 20 years of being a fan um I often pick F Emasculata to watch. And I don't know, even really. Um, William and Scully even aren't seen together that often. Like, Scully's mostly in the lab. But I don't know, I think it's the science behind it, and I just thought it was fascinating. You just have so. a thing for boils. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> so sexy. Um, no, but, um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting, and then how... Um, using the bug in the procedure was just kind of cool. I don't know. Like, I just, I love the science episodes. So, what can I say? (laughs) Of course, this is the first episode where, well, not the first episode, but it's an episode that features the Morley cigarette brand Mm -hmm. quite prolifically. And do you know what the other cigarette brand is that's featured in this episode? Hang on. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's like why do I keep thinking Lafayette? It's not Lafayette. Um, uh, oh my gosh, frack. Um, no, I know. I like. I know it's on the tip of my tongue, but no. Well, it, it's quite cool because the, the I think one of the, I think is the first victim in this is an employee of Morley Cigarettes, and obviously that's the brand that Cigarette Smoking Man smokes. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, maybe there's some sort of connection there, and there's not, and even in um, Brand X, there's not. But yeah. <laughs> but then you have you know the idea that this is some sort of something to do with the tobacco industry because another victim then is employed by Laramie Cigarettes. Which is apparently the brand yes, of cigarettes in The Simpsons. Oh. oh. So Fox show giving a nod to a Fox show. Yeah. The only like full episode of The Simpsons I think I've seen is the one with Mulder and Sky. <laughs> it's an amazing episode. It's, really it's like a lava lamp. <laughs> it's everything I ever wanted in The Simpsons and X Files. Like the whole like Jesus it's the feds, Gary Shiamu. Like the I don't know. Like it's just <laughs> And his whole ID badge, and he's in a speedo. And yeah, I, so good. It was just so good. And then his little rant, like his little monologue, it was just perfect. Like the parody was perfect. So yeah, they did a good job. Anyway, yeah. I love that episode. I'm gonna have to go watch, go back and watch that. It's been so long since I've seen that episode. <laughs> oh, and then the lie detector part too. I remember like laughing so hard, like when 
Scully's explaining what a lie detector does, and she's like, do you understand? <laughs> Homer is like, yes, and then she goes, and it blows up. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, let's go on to our town then, the final episode that we're going to discuss in today's episode. And this is the first um non-mythology episode written by Frank Spotnitz and I think this is one of the first episodes that I ever saw I think I came into the show between season three and four so I sort of caught a bunch of reruns I had um Shapes and uh, Our Town and um, a couple of other ones but this is definitely one of the earlier episodes that I saw and I think it kind of stuck with me this whole cannibalistic town kind of thing um i you know i I like this episode i still think it's a pretty solid episode what are your thoughts i love the episode yeah it's it's great it is really good um the whole like you know chicken thing and uh, the fact that scully walks in with with a bucket of chicken chicken. (laughs) and she's like i think the chicken meat might be tainted (laughs) it's like okay I think it's, yeah, I think it's a solid episode. Um, uh, like, Frank Spun is, like, had no problem just, like, coming in and doing his thing. Um, this is why I knew what Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease was. Yep. And, like, prion diseases um, was because of this. And I totally impressed a couple of teachers with my X-Files knowledge <laughs> because of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank Spun. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, the whole cannibalism thing is it's it's like creepy no matter what you do so you know you you're good start to <laughs> there's, no, there's no good cannibalism yeah it's not gonna go and the whole like whole chicken thing you're like where you're like oh my god what's in my chicken um i'm not gonna lie i wanted chicken after i saw the episode <laughs> tonight actually um but yeah poor skelly almost gets like sacrificed and eaten so I'm glad she didn't. It would have really ruined the show for me. She almost gets uh, her head chopped off by the guy who sends uh, Glenn into the hole in the X-Files movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I knew it. Because when I was watching that episode, all I could hear in my head is, What about my man? What about Glenn, Sal, in the hole. I love him. So I love that they go out to this little chicken town and discover, like, a mass grave. <laughs> like, the amount of, like, like Mulder and Skelly... You know, the FBI is like, whatever, you guys can just, like, go hunt some aliens. But they uncover, like, a lot of... Crazy stuff. Like, legit stuff. Yeah, they go out, like, we're going to look at these fox fires, and taxpayers are like, great, good job, A+. But then they, like, uncover this crazy cannibalism thing that's like, wow, I'm really glad we stumbled upon that, Scully. Even in, like, Colony Endgame, like, they do the same thing. Like, Skinner's like, what are you guys doing? This is like, crap, you can't do this. I want to report um, and then Skilly's like, by the way, here's some clones, and she, like, pulls in half the FBI to try and protect them, and it doesn't work, but, um, they, they dig Sorry. up some really crazy stuff. I had a thought about Colony Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just say that that Skinner X fight was amazing? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, really good. the whole time, like, just, that solidified the badassery of... Like, yeah, he doesn't get to like show that side a lot. But <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> he 
yeah, it's awesome when he does. And there was oh, in the beginning, especially there's like, well, I don't know about Skinner, and and I mean, he like you know comes through a few times for them, but then you know they're still a little suspicious, especially Scully. Scully doesn't trust easily, um, even though yeah, Mulder's like, I changed it to trust everyone. Um, but yeah, no, that was a really epic scene for him. And yeah, I can't. He needs. I can't wait to see what he's up to now. According to the comics, he's become a deputy director. So, we'll find out. Wasn't he a deputy in the second movie? He didn't have an official title. He okay. was, I think, only referred to as an F- some bigwig down at the FBI. Because I could have sworn that he was at the same level as, as Kirsch by that point, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if was it, I don't think it was identified in the movie itself. Okay. Jessa, I'm thinking. It could have been identified elsewhere. Because I know she, Scully specifically asked for someone with some balls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's um, yeah. So. Uh, no, I asked, I asked Mitch about this like a few years ago, actually. I was like, where do you, th- do you think he's a deputy director now? He's like, I hope so. Um, Wait, well, there's a line when like they're at the car and they're like, who's this? And she introduces him. And I think she has to give him some kind of pre- mm-hmm. If he's not a deputy director, I think that him and Doggett must have had their own PI practice set up by now, or some sort of bounty hunter thing. Or um, I think they'd be pretty good at that, actually. I would watch that show, like Skinner and Doggett, private. Um, Skinner and the T one thousand, sign me up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Scully doesn't introduce him by title. She says, "Yeah, that's him, Walter Skinner." Just kidding. Ah. Yeah. I... Um, I talked to some bigwig down at the FBI called from Washington. Yeah, that's him, Walter Skinner. I think he is. A do- I-, I feel like you couldn't stay in as a director for that long. Right. Like, even with all the stuff Skinner's done, all the people he's pissed off because of the X-Files, he, you know, no, someone's gonna, like, take pity on him and be like, here's an office, like, one floor up. The fact that he's not dead just says yeah. a lot. <laughs> so, you got it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay. Let's just if um, okay. I want two quick two quick things. Is that yeah. that that elevator fight in Endgame an awesome X moment? And I think it really ties in with from One Breath the whole X doing the assassination, the execution in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Those are some very key sort of early mythology stuff that really I think informs how the tone of the mythology episodes, the two parters in particular, developed going forwards from that. And yeah. yeah. I think everybody yeah. loves the X and Skinner fight. It was just so awesome. And Skinner's about to like beat up some people in a few episodes for that digital tape. Well, it's gonna get more beaten up than he'll beat up. But he tries. Yeah, we have violence and ice skating coming up. Yeah. <laughs> And okay, so another science question. Yes. In our town. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with the people being older than they seem? That's because cannibalism is nutritious, or well, yes, that's it's part of the daily diet. Um, no. <laughs> so, so you ha- you have your vegetables, you have your fat, your sugars, and you have your human. Right. Um, I'm guessing they're. There isn't anything about um, scientifically <laughs> consuming the brain matter of another individual. 
Um, but there are lots of like historical mythologies. Much. Like you got that um, one queen who murdered. She was like she's considered like a vampire because she like murdered something like a, hundreds of young women in her town and drank their blood and bathed in their blood because she thought it would make her younger. So I guess there's something about like the essence of stuff like that. Well, that, uh, that kind of makes sense to an extent, because if you kill all of the women who are younger than you, you are going to be the fairest of them all. Yeah, <laughs> process of elimination. <laughs> exactly. Sweet out all the others, right. But um, no, there's, there's not really a scientific um, thing for that. My only thing, or the only thing I could guess is they talk about the Jale tribe from Papua New Guinea, and I don't know because I, I haven't looked it up, if maybe they have some mythology about it or not. I'm not entirely sure, but it says that when he crashed after World War II, um, or he was in his plane and he met that tribe, and that started the cannibalism thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Long story short. No, I, I just wasn't sure if there was something that I'd missed in that as to no, explain it's not just like legends. what it was. In fact, eating brain is very bad for you because of the high chance of crazy Jacob. Yeah, you should not do that. And then, you know, mad cow, you don't want to be infecting yourself with something like that. And it can't be cured. You can't cure prion disease. You're just they are, We should just have a whole thing about prions because they are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Kuru gets mentioned later on, so they they mention a few prion diseases a few times in the X Files. They do that they do okay but if you don't don't care about brain disease and you want to look young for a long long time then <laughs> cannibalism go for it yeah let us know how it works out for you <laughs> thank you frank yeah. spotnitz <laughs> maybe that's what jillian's been doing we were no. talking about how she's <laughs> <an age. laughs> maybe that's her secret and, she, um, and she's in hannibal so it stands yeah. to reason yeah. All the pieces are coming I just together. She had like a stash of unicorn blood or something. That's that's my prevailing theory. <laughs> she got some from like Voldemort because she lives in England. So <laughs> that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's logical. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that the episodes we talked about tonight, Rob Bowman directed four of them. Wow, he was definitely prolific in season two. Yeah, I don't know how he had that much time. No, I don't care, but. He's hands down my favorite director. I'm sorry. It's just... Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, Kim Manners was the, the big man on set at the end, but Rob Bowman was always my, my favorite. Yeah, he did some pretty... Plus, he directed by the future. That was amazing. That was um, and, I, I mean, I don't particularly... I'm not that interested in the storyline, but the field where I died, that is, like, the best shots in it ever. Oh, even, <laughs> I was watching Our Town, and... There's even just this establishing shot of the house, of some house, and just the way that the camera just tracks in between these cars parked on the street to the house. It's not your average establishing shot. No, yeah, he he really does kind of test it a little bit, and he always just hits it though. He doesn't like fall or fail. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, no. All right. I think we're done with our episode discussion. Are we ready to start doing the quiz? Gosh, I did not <laughs> study enough. <laughs> quiz me on, like, detour. Yeah. <laughs> we could recite the entire Fight the Future hallway scene for you. Oh, I could do Mulder's entire speech at the bar. 
This is uh, awesome. I was in the bar once, but like I couldn't sit in the right place because I was gonna do it and then film it, but there was someone sitting there. Oh wow. Um, I've been there a few times actually. So. We'll do it. I'll do it. I don't yeah, care. we have to go next time. We'll make it part of our road trip, Jessa. So where exactly was that filmed then? Um, Casey's is in Los Angeles. Like the inside of the building okay. is in Los Angeles. Uh, it looks a little bit different now. Um, like the glass plates kind of that they had up, like the window, like kind of randomly through the bar. I don't think those are up anymore. Um, I don't think where Mulder went to the bathroom was actually the bathroom. Um, <laughs> He's that drunk. You mean the, because the alleyway? So it's seen on his desk. Um, I wonder how many people have like gone in there and like recited the monologue, though. I feel like it's probably like a decent amount. <laughs> and the bartenders are like, yeah, it's just one of the X-Files fans again. Ignore it. Ignore it. But, yeah, it's, it's a nice little bar. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know that's exactly what I would do if I was there. Yep. Same. Yeah. Okay, so for tonight's quiz, who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll just get it out of the way with, so that Jessna has a little bit more time to study. Okay, five questions each. Rye, you're up first. Alright. Okay. In Colony and Endgame, even though Mulder has been diagnosed with hypothermia, what does Scully claim is the only thing keeping him alive? Oh, the cold, because the blood, um, the alien blood is like curdling his blood, um, and they need to slow down his whole body system so it doesn't basically shut down. So slowing down his system slows that. The cold is keeping him alive. Yeah, I just had the cold written down. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wanted that question. <laughs> One point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, question two. Mm-hmm. Which one of the lone gunmen does not appear in Fearful Symmetry? Langley. Wait, it's my question. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. I thought it was, like, back and forth. Langley, he has a philosophical issue with his image being bounced off a satellite. (laughs) Oh, absolutely correct. Yes. Question three. What song does the mother sing to her son at the start of the Kalushari? Oh, that I definitely don't know because I didn't watch (laughs) Um, probably something creepy, because that whole episode is creepy. It's not a creepy song until you've seen the Kalushari. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And it, it sounds so much better with a Romanian accent as well. Um, nope. <laughs> Nobody? Like a little star? <laughs> Five in the bed. Okay. Don't Never that one. <laughs> Okay, question four. <laughs> and this is, this is maybe a little bit of a longer answer, but I think you're going to get this. What are the ingredients of the cocktail Scully makes Mulder in Dodd-Calm? Oh, well, there's the snow globe, uh, which is delicious. There's, like, the can of tuna. Like, she drained the juice out of it. Um, snow globe. I think it, it was a bunch of cans. A I know what um, <clears throat> um, and then I have three specific ingredients written down. Um, hold on, there. You got she, you got the water from the snow globe. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, she doesn't get into the sewage hold because Trondheim is like holding that water. Um, like it's the sardines or whatever, or the tuna or something like that. Sardine juice, water from a snow globe. I don't know. Half a dozen lemons. Ah. Uh, you get, you get two thirds of a pint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a you know multiple answer question, so you did good. That would have tasted really bad. <laughs> yeah. Question five: What's the name of the chicken company in our town? Isn't it Chaco Chicken? It is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and I think at this point, you are actually the highest scoring person so far. Yeah, I failed last week. <laughs> <laughs> you have three and two thirds points. Uh, so yeah. let, let's just round that up. Let's say it's four points. So Justin's Justin's gonna be fine. You She's are top it. of the leaderboard now, above yeah, Avi and I Tiffany. Wish I got those. So, okay, okay. Jessa, All right. mm-hmm. you ready? Sure. Are you sure? Yes. Really? Sure. You get to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, we'll do it. All right. I'll, I'll wing it. Okay. I'll wing it. Question one. When Skinner and X have their infamous elevator fight in Endgame, who headbutts who first? Oh, just because you said the word first. <laughs> um, I know that Skinner headbutts X and just knocks him out with that. Um, I'm trying to think of their actual struggle. No, he hits him, but then Skinner really like punches him in like the stomach. Um, I would want Skinner on my team. Like, <laughs> who headbutts who first? I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact mechanics of the fight. Oh, Skinner throws him into the wall and breaks the wall. Uh, um. I'll just go with Skinner. It's probably next. X was first. Okay, question two. And I change attack to you. What is the name of the gorilla in Fearful Symmetry? Sophie. Correct. In Humbug, what was Sheriff Hamilton's stage name back when he was a performing freak? Ooh. Jim Jim Dogface Boy? Exactly. Yes! That's <laughs> oh. such a good name. <laughs> I pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Okay, question four. What was the name of the drug company responsible for the infectious outbreak at the prison in F. Emasculata? Oh my gosh. Um, pink pharmaceuticals exactly right oh my goodness okay okay Uh, so final question what hypothetical substance is the cause of the deadly shadow in soft light um i should know this dark matter is dark matter Yes! Sweet! Alright! Both of you are tied on four points. Congratulations! 
Go us. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for being here. I hope you've enjoyed being a part of this tonight. Thank you. It's always a good time to just go see X-Files. <laughs> Never a bad time to talk about it. And that's exactly what we want for this podcast. We want people to get excited about the show again, to reminisce about the episodes that they loved and, you know, get really excited for the, the new episodes coming. Yes. So, listeners, um, please go ahead and check out xfilesnews.com. Um, by the time this podcast goes out, it might be a completely revamped, gorgeous-looking yes. new website. Yes, we should have our full redesign up by that point, so it'll um, offer some good new sections, and we're just doing the same thing, you know, trying to get people excited, giving them a good outlet um, for the revival, and, you know, we love to talk about the X-Files just as much as, you know, they do, so um, it should be a lot of fun for everyone. And uh, anything else that either of you want to promote? Um, is there any way that people can follow you personally on Facebook or Twitter? We're both Hi. on Twitter. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone wanting to follow me. <laughs> yeah, we, we're both on Twitter. What, you're like at Jessa Schlitt. I know, I'm so creative. Yes, it's um, at Jessa Schlitt. Mine is still old. Mine's at Boston3346, which is like my old handle from the old X-Files message boards. Um, and yeah, you can come see our tweets we put out like once a week. Mostly it's... <laughs> Roy and I going back and forth about something <laughs> X-Files related, actually. And, and then we tag Frank Spotnitz in it. <laughs> and then we go <laughs> shenanigans, I mean. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, if they follow us, they'll, they'll get a show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to uh, nitpick the scientific inaccuracies of the X-Files, uh, that sounds like a good place to start. We yeah. are here for you. <laughs> love that that would be a lot of fun <laughs> yeah we should start our own like little blog science that they did wrong in the x-files <laughs> i don't know if i'd call it that <laughs> <laughs> that is plenty catchy just <laughs> but thank you so much for having us it was a lot of fun, yeah, lot of fun. Oh, i've you. definitely enjoyed having you both here i hope you'll come back very soon um if anybody wants to follow me i am on facebook and twitter too uh just search for david t harwood or one word you can also connect with me at xfilestalkxfiles.com where you can uh, see all of the show notes for each of the different episodes that we put out there is also a link to amazon there if you want to support the show you can click on that link shop on amazon it won't cost you anything extra but some of the money that you spend will come back and support the show and help pay our production costs and next week we'll be back next friday we are going to do um our first uh, um episode where we're focusing on a specific storyline we're just going to do anasazi through paperclip so final episode of season two first two episodes of season three it should be a good one and remember if you ever find yourself on a submarine in the arctic being beaten up by an alien shapeshifter just keep asking them the same question over and over again Good night. <laughs>
salen o mal. 